Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 45. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week we'll be talking about the 2018 question mark car question film. Mark. Uh, Before I Wake. This movie was written and directed by Mike Flanagan. Our boy. Who we quite like. Uh, for, we do. For those who don't know, Mike Flanagan made some movies we really like called Oculus and Hush. And some movies that are okay, like, like Ouija, Ouija, Origin of Evil. Origin of Evil. I was like, I know that it's one of the Ouija movies, but I can't remember which one. He also seems to have, um, he did the Netflix Gerald's Game, the Stephen King adaptation as well. Oh, really? He likes to work. I mean, it's good. Even though, you know, 25, actually no, 50, 50% of his movies have not been my cup of tea. 50% have been. So, like, you know, keep working, keep churning them out. Uh, we mentioned the date up front, and it's probably worth saying up front that I, I think this is a 2018 movie. You may remember seeing trailers for it years ago. Yeah, I mentioned saying, I think I So Room came out in 2015, right? Yes. So I, I already knew who Jacob Tremblay was, so this must have... The trailer for this must have come out in probably early 2016, mm-hmm. because I already knew who Jacob Tremblay was, and I was excited for him to like not be a one-hit wonder... Like so many child actors like so many, are. Exactly. And I was like, oh, maybe he's going to do another good movie. So this film um, was filmed before Jacob Tremblay was a worldwide sensation. Oh. Uh, it was filmed on the back of Oculus, basically. They oh, They made okay. it back to back. And Oculus came out in like 2013. Yeah. Yeah. So this, oh, God, this came out... A, Probably 2014. This was made a long time ago, though. Uh, yeah. So the um, what happened is the <laughs> studio, the mini major Relativity Media... Uh, who are going to distribute this. Apparently they had a great uh, distribution deal lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know wherever you live, listener, but uh, here in Chicago, the marketing for Oculus was aggressive. It was on every... Really? I don't remember that. It was on every like train stop. There were like things for it. And I thought it was really weird because um, at the time, the only thing I knew about it was that it had Karen Gillan in it and that it was... Uh, partially produced by WWE Studios. Oh, I always forget about that. That is so uh, funny. I thought it was very strange that this horror movie was being marketed so aggressively, particularly one made by WWE Studios. And, that's and probably, a very unknown director. That's time. probably why I didn't see it in theaters. It wasn't until later <laughs> that I ended up seeing it. Because uh, it was on Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah. All comes back to Netflix. Always. Uh, Shouts out to Netflix. Anyway, Relativity. Uh, we're going to market this one just as aggressively. Um, and then they went bankrupt. Yikes. Uh, which, you know, didn't help things. Uh, no. So we saw trailers for this. I remember seeing them. And nobody else famous is in this at all. Besides Kate Bosworth, who I kind of think is being someone more from the 2000s. Thomas Jane is a little famous. Who? Thomas Jane. Okay, I don't That's his know. father. don't even know who that is. Adopted father. He was in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. He has a, he's a vegan police. Um, all right. He was on Hung. It's an no. HBO show. Anyway. I've watched Hung. <laughs> Kate Bosworth is the only one I know, and I only know her because she used to date Orlando Bloom, who I was obsessed with when I was 13. So, um, moral of the story is this movie has nobody famous in it. Anyway, uh, totally derailed me. (laughs) Sorry. There were trailers for this, but it never came out. The release date came and went, and Mm -hmm. I forgot about it. I think a lot of people forgot about it. I forgot about it until I saw the name literally on the screen when we rolled the roulette last week. Uh, But it wasn't until, I think like first week of January that this finally came out on Netflix. So Netflix scooped it up they, out of the ashes. They swept it and saved the day. And um, I think they had, they were distributing it in the UK anyway. 
So they ended up acquiring this. I think they've Netflix over the past year, couple years, has focused so much on original content and less on um, acquiring things. I mean, they pick stuff up at film festivals and stuff, but I'm sure this did not cost them that much to acquire. Uh, All the hype was gone. (laughs) Yeah, and now people finally get to see this movie. Um, Makes me wish that it was better. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, (laughs) This is an okay movie. It's not bad. It's not... It's the most okay. Hush or Oculus... It's not even really Ouija origin. It's kind of worse than that. It's it well, yeah. What we said about Ouija was that like it starts off really well and then kind of goes awry at the ver- at the tail end, um, which is kind of what happens when you have to work within a well franchise. For people, we're we're th- listeners, we- strap in. This is going to be a loosey goosey episode <laughs> if you can't already tell. Um, if you haven't seen Ouija Two: Origin of Evil, uh, it is. Sort of a sequel to the first... It's a prequel. Ouija. I know, but, like, it's the second Ouija movie based yes. on the Hasbro property. Um, <laughs> it it it's take place before the first one, but is not really related aside from, like, a very, like... Very tangential character. Like, a, yeah, uh, that comes up later in the yeah. movie, even. Um, it's mostly just a vehicle to tell a story about interacting with spirits, right? Yeah. Because, like, the Ouija board is used, but, like, it's not really related to this other Ouija movie, except that, like... No, and it's really actually cool because it's a period piece, and that's one of the best things about it is that it feels very, like... 70s. 70s, yeah. and it's really cool, and it's about, like... Um, I always think, like, charlatan, fake um, spirit... Yeah. Uh, things are really cool, the way that, like, people use magic to... Get money. Get money by pretending that they can contact spirits. It's really cool, and so there's a lot of that movie that's really excellent... Um, and it feels, when, when you watch it, it feels like it's just Mike Flanagan wanted to make this movie. Right. And they were like, well, why don't you make a Ouija movie? A Ouija yeah. movie. Yeah. So it has to kind of fit into this box. And that box is boring. Not terribly unlike the uh, sort of the way that people, or the J.J. The, the Abrams is turning scripts into Cloverfield scripts. Yeah. Uh, that's actually a pretty stuff good like comparison. What yeah. became the Cloverfield Paradox and Overlord, which is coming later this year, which who knows what it'll be called when it comes out, <laughs> were existing scripts that were picked up by Bad Robot and then turned but into... But that's easier movies. also because it's easier to fit things into a framework um, universe. Sure. It's harder, I think, to do what Mike Flanagan did with Ouija and have to like be like, all right, my movie has to end here so that Ouija can happen. Right. And, and Ouija isn't a very good movie. So it's no. like, let me make my movie that might be good, but then ended in a bad place for another bad movie's existence. So, Which we've been circling around is the flaw of that movie. Exactly. Anyway, before I wake... Is flawed all by itself. It has nothing to do with any other movies, um, but it also suffers, I think, from being like having a, a an, an idea, an interesting thought, and being so unfortunately weighed down by a million cliches and derivatives. Like that's what I feel like to me. Like it felt like several other movies that I've watched. Yeah. So let's dive into the plot because I agree that the premise is probably the most interesting part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it all centers around Jacob Tremblay's uh, Cody. Yeah. He's an eight-year-old boy who has been in and out of foster homes mm-hmm. uh, over the past few years. He is adopted by a couple. Who are having problems conceiving. That's his uh, Kate Bosworth and Thomas Jane. Right. Uh, their names they have... are Jesse and Mark. Right. And they have uh, a son who died. Right. He drowned in the bathtub. And so then they went to have another child and they can't. So they're adopting. Jacob Tremblay, who yes. comes from this troubled past. Yes. Um, very quickly, we find out that he doesn't sleep. 
because when he sleeps, stuff happens. Yeah. And uh, nice stuff and bad stuff. It's, it's not really clear. So like his dreams come to life, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, things he's he's thinking about uh, are made manifest. It seems he also has some element of control over this, right? There's things that he clearly, it's not clear right away, but it's things that he clearly, like, once he knows that they want certain things from him, maybe it's just his little baby boy brain, but, like, it seems like he's kind of trying to manifest them, right? Let's yeah, let's let's uh, talk about what we mean, because I think that this is kind of confusing. We're being confusing. Too. Yeah. Um, the first thing that happens, uh, again, he he stays up all night, he drinks energy drinks, he... Yeah, he tries to get... It's not that he can't sleep, like... Right. He keeps well, himself awake. Because there's a dark side to this. But yes. um, when he, he knows does this sleep, as a child already. When he does sleep, he first, like, beautiful, like, uh, butterflies, luminescent butterflies mm-hmm. are flying around the living room. Um, but then they vanish when he wakes up. When he wakes up. Yeah. Uh, and then he manifests uh, the, the his adoptive parents' child who died. Dead son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he sees a picture of him. And asks about him. And he asks about him. So he can make him appear, but he can't speak. So then, realizing this, Jesse, who is the mom who, like, clearly has not moved on from her son's death at all, has not processed it. She's, still, she's going to therapy, but she has not, is not processing it and well. And for what it's worth, she doesn't sleep either, right? Because she's, I guess, so beset by... Grief and grief guilt. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, and her husband is processing it better. Um, but they don't really talk enough about it. They don't like, they, they're not, he's not going to therapy with her. So they're clearly not communicating right. about it. Um, she makes Cody watch home videos, ostensibly kind of like for Jacob Tremblay, like Jacob Tremblay is actually like really excited by it. If, yeah. if, like in his mind, he's like, this is how we're bonding. And he is genuinely cur- like curious about this little boy, but it's very transparently from Kate Bosworth's end, Jesse's end. Um, just so Jacob Tremblay can learn what, what what the little boy's voice sounds like? So what is he his can name? like Simon? No. no. We'll figure it Sean. out. Sean. Sean. What Sean's voice sounds like, so that when he dreams, Sean can have a voice. Right. Which is very very horrifying. So to Jesse kind is of realize. So Jesse is using him right. as a. I think uh, Mark at one point calls him like a, a projector. Yeah. Right. To um, see her son. To see her son again because she hasn't moved on. Um, and she's kind of like acting like that's what's going to help her move on. Which doesn't make of sense. Of course it makes no sense. She's like, this is how he's going to help me, you know, grieve or whatever. And her husband is like, no, <laughs> you have a you have a living boy in your apartment that, you, that you're in your house you need to take care of. Like, why don't you focus on him? But it, of course it turns into this whole kind of ugly thing very quickly because she wants him to sleep. Cody, you know? yeah. Cody. Um, both because she can see her... Son again. Son again. But also because, like, he's a small boy who needs to sleep. Yeah. And so there's a very weird element of, like, nobody wants him to keep... Nobody wants to keep him awake. Like, the dad also wants him to sleep for the betterment of his health. Because children need to sleep. People need to sleep. sleep. Human beings need to sleep. It was just a weird... There's a weird sort of push and pull of, like, he needs to sleep, but she doesn't want him to sleep for the right reasons. But she is still trying to get him to sleep. Her goal is a good one. Is a good one, but it's for the wrong reasons, right? That just And that really complicates... A lot of stuff about this movie, I, I think, is that, like, she's not putting him in danger. At least not yet. Right. But even then, that sh- that sh- she shouldn't be trying to keep him awake against his will or even f- with his will. Well, let's talk about the dark side of this, right? Yes. Which is that 
he is in danger when he sleeps, and that's why everyone he, is actually. He doesn't like to sleep because when he sleeps, a entity being a demon, being arrives, <laughs> just shows up. Yeah, uh, called the Canker Man. Yeah, C- uh, called that by uh, Cody. Cody, it's yeah, Cody's name for him. Uh, the Canker Man. Um, who it is implied. Uh, from a short scene in the intro, and then we sort of piece it together that like killed uh all of his former foster parents or and parent or drove them insane. Yeah, and his mom. Yeah. Um, he he talks about missing his mom. Yes. Uh, and now when he sleeps, it's it's coming for him. Um, it specifically we don't comes really in his room. know that it's coming for him. Actually, it specifically it crawls into his room and like w- creepily whispers in his ear i'm right. always i'll always be with you or but it, something yes it's it's always with you but it never tries to actually hurt him the only people it actually tries to hurt are his foster parents right um and it has swallowed one whole and the first scene alludes to the fact that like the his other foster parent the previous one uh, the previous one um tried to kill him or thought about killing him or um and this was clearly based off of like this child is dangerous and needs right. to be eliminated because of this being that he creates that eats people. It's not really super clear what's like going on other than like, for example, I don't know what his power is other than some of his dreams come to life. Right. He loves butterflies. So butterflies appear. Um, yes. And also the, the canker man sometimes like materializes as butterflies and then comes apart and and back together. And the canker man also, he is humanoid shaped, but he's got very like, He's very skinny and skeletal, he and he doesn't like, have hair. He looks like a gray, like yeah, like he, lo- the yeah alien. he does look like an alien. You're totally right. Big, scary eyes, and right. you know, but he has like fingers and feet and stuff. He's he's very humanoid, um, but he is his design is specifically like pretty bad. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's actually a lot of stuff is like genuinely kind of freaky in this movie, and the butterflies I think are actually done pretty well. Mm. They're really beautiful, and it's the kind of thing that like if you are a parent and this was happening, you'd be like, this child is a miracle. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they can create the most beautiful things. Um, there's another scene where uh, Jacob Tremblay, after having watched this Christmas home video, creates the Christmas tree, yeah. and, like, Sean, um, and now Sean can talk, but he can kind of, like, only say what's in right. the video. And that's also, like, it's it's very beautiful. He creates these, like, they're very realistic they're solid. Mm-hmm. You know, the butterflies can, like, land on your hands it's and they corporeal. can hug Sean. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, from, in my opinion, like, the canker man just looks really bad and stupid. I agree. He's um, got a weird, like, smile. It's just, it looks dumb. I specifically thought of it in terms of, I think the last thing we watched for the podcast that had a similar figure to this was Bedeviled. And we were falling over ourselves to yeah. praise the, <laughs> the design, yeah. the character design um, of Mr. Bedevil. Uh, and this is just so, I mean, honestly, like this movie doesn't feel that dated except for this monster and like the way that he stomps around and eats people feels like it's out of 2002. I agree. And it's, it's the most fundamental flaw of a lot of movies that get made now, which is practical effects with monsters is almost always better. Like, I know we're in the age of computers making beautiful things in movies, but like... And again, the butterflies are CGI. And they're beautiful, but dress up a man and like Doug Jones him, you know? But like, don't make this weird CGI monster. He looks stupid. Make a CGI monster if you literally can't do it with practical effects. But this could have been done very simply with a combination of both practical and CGI, and the practical would have made him so much scarier as a monster. I think like... 
by far. The the first time that this really like comes back to bite them, um, is that she Jesse K. Bosworth drugs Cody with child Ambien. Yeah. Um, She's a nurse. This is like another yeah. part of her stupid character. Well, like again, don't give that too much credence because it's the only time we find out that she even has a job is that she's asking one of her doctor friends for it. Exactly. But she doesn't like, this is what I have a problem with this movie kind of. This is where it started to kind of really fall apart for me as a movie is that she doesn't drug him. She gives him child Ambien prescribed not through the most appropriate means, right? She does it like through her doctor friend instead of taking him in for an appointment. Yeah. Um, kind of expedites the process and again she's doing it for the wrong reasons but giving a child who refuses to sleep child ambien is not is not drugging him i actually thought earlier she was going to legit drug him like give him like benadryl or something and so her going the actual like more medicinal route with child ambien which means that, that it's the correct dosage Felt actually like not like the most evil thing she could have done in this movie. Uh huh. Don't you think? Mm hmm. But, uh, you know, it's a movie. Because. <laughs> go awry. Because that happens, the canker man comes and they can't wake him up to make the canker man go away. Mm hmm. Because he's on Ambien. Uh, so the canker man eats Mark and then it hits. Jesse, who falls down and hits her head, mm-hmm. and the next day, Child Protective Services comes to take Cody away for some reason. For some reason. This is when I like, I was actually like, okay, this movie stopped making sense. And, like, not only does that happen, and she's, like, screaming, like, no, you can't take him or whatever, um, she then goes to their social worker, who was the one who placed Cody in their house in the first place, who originally, like, really liked them. She was very excited to place Cody with them because she was like, I love him, he deserves a good home, and I really like you guys. And suddenly this woman is, like, so mad at her. She's like, get some help for domestic violence, and then I never want to see you ever again. We it's, we need to bring up, um, for the few listeners who have seen the movie and will mention this point, uh, there is a plot line that Cody has a bully... And he falls oh, asleep right. at recess, and the bully gets eaten by the canker man. That's the first thing that we see. Yeah. And people think that uh, maybe Mark is to blame well, somehow because he disappeared. I think is the is the concept. Yeah, he like disappears. The, the, the little air. boy disappeared, and then Mark is gone. So they're like, oh, obviously that's the thing. And that's what I would understand is that like maybe because they think Mark is that it like you know is a child killer abductor. or abductor. They um, want to remove Cody from the home during, like, investigation. Yeah. Because, like, maybe Kate Bosworth is also responsible for whatever reason. But that's not a reason for this social worker to suddenly, like, turn on her. And I act... And what from the clues the movie is giving us, everybody turns on her because she, quote-unquote, drugged him. And that is what I'm like, I don't understand this. It's not, they don't, you don't see them asking the questions of like, well, where did you get child Ambien? Or like, what are like, you know. I think you're overthinking this. I just think it's ridiculous that, that she would give it like that she's fostering a child. He won't sleep. She gives him child Ambien. And that's for some reason oh, that makes it okay for a child protective person to come take her away. Like that doesn't make any sense at all to no, me. No, it's a bad movie. Um, right. Well, this is where it starts to fall apart is my point. I like, would like to move on from it. Okay. It just made me mad. It's ridiculous. Uh, she goes to see his previous foster father who is in a mental institution we saw him in the opening that liz alluded to with the um, he wanted to kill him yeah yeah played by um dash miwak who does a great job he's probably the best acting performance of the movie <laughs> uh 
basically mentions that he resents him because he was too young to remember his wife right, and he... Well, he, you know, he made the wife disappear first. Jacob Tremblay made the wife disappear. Well, he... The sorry. canker man The did. canker man uh, ate, ate the wife, and then when Jacob Tremblay tried to, like, re-conjure her for the man, she was, like, wrong, because he was too young to remember faces that Despite well. Despite the fact that he looks exactly the same as he does at eight, but whatever. Sure. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just a very dumb dumb plot line uh and then his he basically says like you need to kill him for the good of humanity because the he's gonna make the canker man he's kill everyone too powerful yeah um which he is too powerful that's a compelling argument that like this yeah, needs the to be stopped isn't kill him no but it's this needs to be stopped right like it does but that the answer is not by killing him the way that exposition moves in this movie is just like so clunky. Well, we it aren't feels... even at the most painful expo- expository no, no, no. part. We'll get there, because that's um, just abhorrent. But, like, honestly, this whole time, I, I should have mentioned earlier, like, the way we get information is, like, not the way people talk. It's very frustrating. No, it's not. Um, the dialogue with me is so clunky. Again, we find out that she's a nurse the second that she's asking for child ambient. The rest of the time, we have no idea what she does all day. No. Uh, it's, there's actually and there's one other scene where she is a nurse and it's the same kind of thing. I think it's her trying to find um, information about his mother. Yeah. So like she's only a nurse when it's like important convenient. for plot reasons. Narratively convenient. <laughs> um, she goes to the I guess halfway house that the foster children are staying at. Yeah. Um, and. It's a shit show. And they have to, they, again, this is when I was like, this movie makes no sense because then they drug Cody and they're like, this is what's best for you. Like, we're so sorry. We have to do this. And it's like, didn't you just remove him from a home? You're obsessed with this. For do It just makes literally no sense. <laughs> and it'd be so easy to make it like a little bit like she did actually drug him. Like just erase the child ambient part. And it's her giving him Benadryl. And then it's like, yeah, you should have gone to a doctor. This is unsafe. Whereas like clearly you're right. They're doing it like in a. Yeah. doctorly way so it just is a stupid detail this movie decided to include that makes that invalidates everything about it but it's whatever it's dumb i hate it anyway they drug him he goes to sleep his brain takes over like the entirety of the house and puts all of it's, the... not, it's like it's like a multi-level it's like it's like a, it looks like a house like a mansion i think it looks more like a like a hospital wing but eh, maybe it looks a little they have, like the linoleum floors and like do they? Yeah. I feel like I'm like picturing like oak doors though. I don't remember that. Um, it looks like a sanitarium, honestly. It looks very much like yeah. When it turns into when the Caker Man takes over, uh, it looks like something out of a Silent Hill level. Um, well, that's true. That's what I was gonna say. Is that um, the Caker Man or his brain puts all of the other adults um, in like cocoons? in cocoons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like meshing the butterfly moth uh, metaphors of the movie. So the, 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 do we want to, are we going to reveal the twist? So here's the twist of the movie. And I want to preface this by saying that like, I can't even muster up the energy to be mad at this because it's so stupid that like, I wanted, like, I wanted to turn it off. It's just dumb. Um, she got, when she was at the hospital looking through his mother's records, um, which we didn't see what she found out, but she found like a little stuffed butterfly, which is presumably Mm -hmm. why. Cody loves butterflies. It's because yeah, of this memory his mom, of yeah. his mother. Um, the Kinker Man comes to like get Kate Bosworth, uh, and she like holds out the butterfly and it stops him. And then she hugs the Kinker Man, mm-hmm. and then she starts giving a monologue of exposition. Well, of, yeah, like, to him, telling him this for some reason. Like they're back at home at this point, right? 
this is like the last scene is they're sitting on the couch at home. Does it already go that? So she just hugs yes. him and then she it's... hugs him. It turns into Jacob Tremblay. And then she picks him up and carries him out and is like, free them. And so then he lets all of the social workers out of their cocoons. And then the one lady tries to stop her and she's like, I'm taking him home now. So then they go home and they sit on the couch and she has all these pictures and like files to show him and starts telling him the story as if he doesn't like know what happened. But it, she's telling us, obviously. It's expository. It's so super annoying. Canker is cancer because his mom died of cancer mm-hmm. and she lost her hair because it was cancer and she was in her chemotherapy. And, and so, she was all skinny and frail. So she looked like a monster to his little baby brain. Yeah. And so when and when she came to see her for the last time before she died, she said, I'll always be with you. But so he would tell people that Canker ate his mommy and it turned into the Canker Man. Blah, 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 blah. blah I wrote... Blah, 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 blah. I wrote in my notes here, in all caps, I think this is stupid. It is stupid. Um, it's so contrived, and it doesn't, like, it doesn't explain, first of all, the most important part of the movie is that, like, he is super-powered. Like, uh, it's just the similars, I guess, that, like, for some reason, this boy is a or conduit X-Men. to... But no, like, specifically, we just watched similars, and the, the kid in the similars just makes things into reality. He just manifests reality. Yeah. And that is what... Cody is doing in this movie. Right. Because um, actually, one of the parts I find the most interesting, so after she tells him this, she falls asleep. They're like bonded now, mother and son, whatever. And the uh, most interesting part of the movie, I think, is like the last beat, which is that Cody, still awake, holds out his hand and like manifests by himself a butterfly. Right. And that, to me... While without, awake. While awake. That, so that, to me, without alluding to it, is that his actual power has nothing to do with sleep. It's that he can literally manifest those things. And that because he's a child, the point where he, like, lose, kind of loses control is when he's asleep. And that is when things become because his brain isn't, like, uh, repressing them or trying to control them, right? Like, that was sort of what I got from it was that, like, once he is grown up, he will be able to just create whatever he wants, right? Oh, right, right. And then uh, Charles Xavier shows up. Exactly. Uh, That's what he said. And, He's a mutant. And takes him away to his Academy for Gifted Youngsters. He is a mutant. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but doesn't this fucking feel like a half-assed, like, X-Men origin story? Like... Uh, completely. It's so... Again, this is a bad movie, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But, like, I want that explored. Instead, like, things happen, and then all of a sudden at the end, he can make... Again... Also, we should say that's OP as hell. That he just like <laughs> creates reality uh, to the point where he can create corporeal reality, I mean, not like, illusions. He's Scarlet Witch. He is Scarlet Witch, uh, except he's eight. Um, well, he's gonna be Scarlet Witch when he's older. He's gonna he's gonna be more powerful than she is. Uh, and you know what? If this was a fucking X Men movie, I might have even like suspended my disbelief and been like, okay, this is like a like if this was this was called X Men Origins Before I Wake. <laughs> Sure. Um, <laughs> the other way we know this is bad is that we didn't really talk about it, but like, it relies on the laziest horror tropes of like it does eyes turning white and screaming like zombie children and vomiting, mm-hmm. fucking vomiting. Like mm-hmm. these movies love vomit. Yeah, uh, vomits the Sean ghost. Oh, he does spit like ectoplasm all over her, doesn't he? Listen, uh, dumb shit. The Exorcist is one of the most important movies of all time, but uh, fucking get it together, people. <laughs> like, 
it just ruined everything by making yeah. vomit scary. Like yeah. it's just exhausting. I think what oh well it's also it's also like in the exorcist it's like super necessary. It's part of like that happens in exorcisms. Like it's based on real you know stories of quote unquote stories of exorcisms. Um, this is just like it's unnecessary. It's just for gross out horror factor. Yeah, it's lazy. Um, and I uh, like honestly like this is I don't know what happened here because again Oculus which I know was made directly before this is incredible. A smart, I mean, like even, even said this, like it's a smart movie about like a magical object and interactions with the magical object. And even if it wasn't as bleak as it is, even if it wasn't as like, um, harrowing as it is, which I think is what makes it great is that no. it's tone. It's unafraid to be hard on its characters, but the concept alone, it would be a great incredible. concept. Yeah. Right. And it's executed well because it's simple. This is probably a little too complicated, um, but the premise there, the, the core there is great, but it, it, it fucks around. I don't even think it's that complicated. I think the dumbest thing about it, and this is it what makes I was it say. It makes it complicated. Sure. The dumbest thing about it is that it tries really hard to be like a metaphor for something, and that is for so what? For dumb. what? I don't know, but it tries constantly. There's this whole bit where she's at therapy in the beginning, and I know that you wrote this down too because we looked <laughs> at each other and like had a shared a glance. Um, when she's at therapy and he is talking about... She's talking about how she can't sleep and uh, how it's about her losing her child or some shit. And the, her therapist is, like, giving her this whole unbelievable spiel about how, like, she was dreaming and children are dreams. Dreams are just conversations we have with ourselves. Right. We are all the characters in our dreams. Right. Also, we can experience REM sleep when we're awake. It's called somnia now or something. Like, I don't know. But he literally says... What else is a child but our dreams? And it's like, okay, so that's setting up already. That was the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. It's like the third note that I took. And that was, it's giving us this option of like, okay, this is a movie about sleeping, dreaming, children. We're going to connect those. But that is nonsense. <laughs> so it doesn't mean anything. And then like, apart from that, there's just so much about like sleeping and dreaming and and it's all trying to be this big metaphor and but they're over explaining it so hard the whole like cancer thing yeah like all of the stuff with the monster is like it all has this very neat little like blah 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 it's just so it's over explained right you don't trust your audience the only thing that works in the whole movie and i will say this because it doesn't over explain itself is that when kate bosworth comes into the hospital halfway house whatever it's called um to get jacob tremblay and the social worker is inside the cocoon as Kate Bosworth passes her, she says, uh, it, she whispers to her, it keeps them safe until they grow up. And I thought that was one of the most interesting parts of the entire movie because there is nothing else about it in the whole movie. And you just have to kind of put it together in your mind, at least I did, that she's talking about cocoons because she's inside of one. And that that is a very childlike way to think about a cocoon. That, like it, it's something that keeps you safe until you grow up. And that something about Jacob Tremblay's mind that like he he knows about cocoons right his mother taught him about butterflies and he has this book that he is somehow what he is doing in his life is keeping him safe until he grows up or what like there's something there's something there that is interesting about cocoons and about what Jacob Tremblay is doing to protect himself because that is actually inherently what the canker man is like yeah. it is him protecting himself it's his mother protecting him from something and we don't really ever get to what that is which is why it is actually a concept that falls flat 
but it's like, why wasn't the whole movie like this? Trust your yeah. audience. Like, Flanagan, everything else he's ever done, like, I mean, even, even Widgie, I would say, yeah. trusts the audience. And the fact that this movie doesn't is its number one flaw. Because again, I don't, I don't actually hate the canker man thing. I do. I know you do. I don't hate it. I think that like, if I was like a child or even probably a preteen and I read that in a book, I think it was really clever. Like, I guess you think this movie's for, this movie's for preteens? It's not. And that's the problem. But like the way that you do that is that you expand it and you make it more interesting for adults. And this movie did not do that. Yeah. This, I think again, the core of this is I think this movie is very half-assed. A few uh, side notes, because uh, I think we're, we're about ready to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, at one point when, I think the second time that Cody asks, like, where their previous child is, uh, Jesse immediately cuts in, he's in heaven, which felt like a weird stance for this movie to take. I agree. Uh, especially because it's not going to explore spirituality at all. Like, it did... Actually, it... he doesn't say, where's your child? He said, what happened to him? And he says, he's in heaven, which is, like, really weird to say. Uh, yeah, like, um... You can just say he died, you know? This kid's mother is dead. Like, like why, why just is Just say this... he died. Why is this something, like, religious? Uh, again, like, there's no reference to them being religious before. There's no concept of any sort of religious afterlife other than this one line. Like, right? Like, there's no talk about how... Well, the... there's the end. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk about the end? I don't. Uh, only one moment of it, which is that uh, the end of the movie is Kate Bosworth telling Jacob Tremblay a, st- a story of what just happened and saying, which we don't actually know what is real about it, but she's she's telling the story and Jacob Tremblay says, like, is this a happy story? And she's like, maybe, or yes. I don't even remember what she says. But she says, like, the little boy woke up in his bed and he was okay. The husband and wife uh, are happy again or whatever. Like, And we see... A montage. The little bully waking up in his bed, which we don't know if that's real or not, or if he actually is eaten by the thing forever. Um, or if Jacob Tremblay is bringing these people back to life with his That's magic what powers. I thought, because everything else he's able to undo. Right. So I was like, okay, so that's what happens, is the little boy wakes up in his bed. Except where's Mark? Because then she says, and he got the best gift of all, and Mark opens his eyes, and uh, Sean is in front of him, and they hug, implying that Mark is in heaven? With Sean, because that's what I was literally expecting. My thought was, she's going to say that, and he's going to come through the front door. Like, that was my, like, okay, everything's getting reset. But no. And maybe she's just telling him that to make him happy. That, like, it's okay, Sean. (laughs) Like, you didn't kill people. (laughs) Or Cody. You didn't kill the bully and this wife. Like, they're fine. So it's very unclear. But him being with Sean at the end... That's the implication, is that they're in the afterlife together. Again, the reason I didn't want to talk about this is because uh, it's what it, it's what Mike Flanagan wants. It wants to be an ambiguous <laughs> ending, right? That people are like, oh, I wonder what it is. And I don't even want to give it that fucking like, gratification that, like, I don't give a shit, it's lazy. Like, make a make a better movie. Again, um, I, yeah, I, hear, I hear you. There's but, like, par- there are pieces of this that are good, and I wish that the rest of the movie was like that. That ending is explicitly ambiguous for the sake of people talking about it, and it sucks. Sure, I agree. Um... The thing I want to talk about is that uh, Kate Bosworth has heterochromia, and I had no fucking idea. Neither did I. This movie has lots of shots on her eyes, and I was like, damn. Well, I didn't even realize until he says it. He says, you have pretty eyes. And I was like, wait a second. Is one a different color than the other? Like They are. She absolutely And they never mention it ever again. It's I think wild. she's. I think she's worn contacts in other movies before. To not to have not it? have it. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's such a detail. Right. It's really cool. 
It is cool. I, I think found it I think distracting. It's beautiful. It distracted the hell out of me every time I looked at her face, but it's cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I also wish was better? What? I think this is like a good, this is a, a, a moment of good writing in this movie, and I think it's kind of cool, um, and I wish it was done in a more interesting way, which is that another speech that he's it's like we were talking about about uh, dreams there are ways for you to do this and your children have yeah. dreams one of the things he says is that um in your dreams everyone is played by you so that earlier, yeah, yeah 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 and i think that actually like that is a is an, an interesting way to foreshadow the end um right. that like when she hugs the canker man like it's jacob tremblay but then like that doesn't work because it's not it's his mom yeah and so like it's just one of those things where I was like, oh my God, so close, so close to an interesting thing. And yeah. just not there. Like, it's super frustrating. I think my favorite moment of good writing in this movie, uh, it's not even good writing, it's a detail. It might even be a production design detail. Um, at some point, after his energy drinks are taken away, Jacob Tremblay comes home and he stuffs sugar packets in his shoes. And I think that's cool as hell. It's just yeah. like a cool little idea. Yeah, absolutely. That, like, that's... That's how this kid would, like, resort to... Staying awake. Staying awake and being like, I know they're not going to let me, but I'm going to do it anyway. He has, like, all of these, like... I love it. ...little plots. No, this is the thing. Jacob Tremblay is excellent in this movie. He is a very, very, very talented child actor. Um, He is the best part of it by far. Like, he's very good. There's a really cute little scene where he... They've just experienced the butterflies for the first time. Mm -hmm. And then they vanish and they're super confused. Or maybe it's when they see... Sean for the first time. It's one of the times they're literally sitting there, like, shocked. And then it vanishes, and they're like, what the fuck? And Cody just comes down the stairs. He's so tiny. He's like a little, tiny little boy. Walks, goes like, I'm sorry. Walks to the fridge, opens it, gets a thing of soda, and, like, walks back up the stairs. And it's just like, oh, my God. Jacob Dreblay, you are so good. He's so excellent, and he's, like, so miss... He's he's such a little bright star in this movie. Yeah. No, he'll be. Uh, he has a great career. I sure hope. I mean, then he did the stupid Wonder movie, whatever. Wonder was a beloved movie. I hope that he does better movies in the future. I think that everyone in this movie is doing fine. Um, I don't yeah. think anyone's career was affected by it. Again, <laughs> nobody saw it until earlier this year. Um, they all made it three or four years ago, so I'm sure that like it's yeah, it's I weird for them. Again, like Jacob Tremblay has done nothing but like good things since then, like things that got like award attention. Yeah. So like. I can't imagine this movie's like a you know, blip on his radar. No, 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 no. I can't imagine how weird it would be to be an actor, to be even like, let's say Kate Bosworth, who like does press and like lives a, a life in the public eye, to be like, oh yeah, I made this movie however long ago and like now it's on Netflix. I can't even think of what else she's been in recently. So like, is she even you know, she's who famous. is acting? Who's you know going I mean. to things? I don't know. Let's find out. Really? You're going to do that right now? She's doing stuff. Looks like she's doing TV. TV shows I've never heard of that she's a star of. <laughs> the art of more. Anyway, she's not like a movie star, and not she never anymore. really was. She was just in movies that you've seen. She had a moment. She was in the Superman movie. Like th- that was like one of those things. Where, like it's trying to make Kyle Bowser the star. Yeah, well, I remember she was in like Blue Crush or whatever it was called. It was a yeah. surfing movie. Oh, when she was in We Did It Without Hamilton. And right. that was that. Yes, I would say that's her moment. It was like two thousand four or five, right? She's in twenty one. Oh, yeah. When was uh, that? What is 21? When? 2008. Okay. That's late. I liked that movie when I saw it. I never saw it. Now no one ever will. Why? Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, are you ready to drown this in the bathtub? Or would you prefer to eat it? Uh, 
yeah, I would say I don't want to drown it in the bathtub like the child that died in this movie. Uh, I'd rather, yeah. Like, Too dark? A little bit. Whatever the canker man does where he like literally just turns Envelops into silly you. putty and swallows you whole. Yeah, whatever that is. Uh, how would you pull up that roulette and hopefully we get something a little better? I think that's probably the best we're going to do, honestly. Why such a pessimist? Because we've gotten so much worse on this roulette. All right. Uh, spin that roulette. Our next movie will be... The Wailing. Look this up. says? No. Oh. It's like a Korean movie. Yeah, I was going to say they, there's like a... Yeah. Okay. I Give this a shot. I'm interested in this. We haven't done enough uh, foreign language films on the podcast. We were doing a lot at the beginning, and I feel like we, we like... Have dropped off. Have dropped off. So this is... Wait, didn't we just do one? The Similars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like we just did one. <laughs> yeah, but I'm happy to do this one. I like this. Okay, let's check it out. So yeah, our next movie will be The Wailing. The Wailing. From 2016. It is long. How long is it? Two hours and 36 minutes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Can't wait. Strap in. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> Until then, you can check us out on our website at NowScreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at NowScreaming. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. Yeah. Share the love. Let's chat about it. Reach out on Twitter. Love it. Reach out in touch. We'd love to talk to you guys about current horror. We, we Sometimes we tweet about, you know... Old horror. What's happening nowadays. All horror. All horror. What we're talking about, if you have a suggestion, we're always taking suggestions for what we should do on the podcast. Yeah, we might have to get away from the roulette sometime soon. Yeah, we just did, though. I know. We just got away from the roulette. We just got back to the roulette, in fact. I know, but Before I Wake was very bad. Yeah, well. Hopefully the wailing will be better. Uh, It did give us creep. It's always hot. It did give us creep. Hold on to that forever. We'll always have creep. We'll always have creep. Uh, we won't, because actually things go off of Netflix. Like, my favorite Now Screaming special movie, Mind Games. Oh. It's no longer on Netflix. A classic. It's my favorite thing we've ever watched on the podcast, and it's gone now. It'll be back someday. I wouldn't know where to find it. As always, thank you to Wes Craven for uh, knowing how to make monsters uh, manifest in dreams that are actually scary and... That's uh, so true. Don't waste our time. Didn't even think about that. Yeah, I know, right? Freddy's so much better than that stupid canker mess i know all i could think was canker sore the whole time i was like ew i don't like it uh so thanks for the nightmare franchise (laughs) (laughs) so much better all right until next time everybody stay spooky